Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Ben Glebe, comedian and Rebel HQ contributor all-star. BenGlebe.com, you can find him there. My brother from another mother, always fascinating to have his breakdown. Top story of the day, hell of a thing. Donald Trump, according to Fox News, is going to reach black voters by selling cheap ass overpriced tennis shoes. Here it is. Even the sneaker thing, I was on social media last night. Very interesting, as you see black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers, they're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. Question for you on that point, though. Yeah. Will the people that are excited about the sneakers and excited about Donald Trump, will that translate into them going out and voting for Donald Trump? Well, anybody willing to put 400 bucks down for a pair of sneakers? Yeah, I think that's commitment and love. I it's something, right. it's something. Put up the picture full mass. You know, when I first saw this, I thought it was a skit like on SNL. I said, there's no way a person looks this goofy in real life. <laughs> but it was an authentic segment segment on Fox News. So Fox News correspondent Raymond Arroyo, in all confidence, I mean, he had all the confidence in the world, said that the new Donald Trump sneaker line will net the GOP more black votes in the upcoming presidential election. In a segment on Fox News, this is called the Big Weekend Show. The contributor discussed the launching of Trump's sneaker line. We talked about it here on Indisputable. Um, it's called the Never Surrender High Tops, even though he literally surrendered. But his shoe is called Never Surrender. As you see black support eroding from Joe Biden, he says, this is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers, Arroyo said of Trump's launch. Quote, this is a big deal, certainly in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. End quote. Um, do I have to point out the reality, the nuance that only a Fox News pundit would authentically suggest that a demographic of black people will vote for a president based on his shoe deal, but will besmirch legitimate athletes like King James when they talk about politics. And they also have a robust sneaker line. So in one sense, it's okay when we put an element of sports inside of politics. But it's just not okay for black people who play sports to talk politics. Isn't that ironic? There's more. Arroyo also clumsily insinuates that Trump connects with black America because of his knowledge of culture. Culture. 
He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. Um, sir, if I was on that panel, my question to you would be, does Trump still call us the blacks? There's more. When asked if those you know, excited shoe people would vote for Trump, he replies, anybody willing to put 400 bucks down a pair of sneakers. Yeah, I think that's commitment and love. It's something. It's affection. It's sad because uh, this was this is what someone said in a comment. It's sad because both Republicans and Democrats offer up this type of stereotypical trope and empty symbolism instead of specific policies for Black Americans. That's what a person commented. I completely concur. I completely concur. Uh, there was a time when I worked in electoral politics. I came across this document, this document that was supposed to be a campaign thing for a major statewide candidate. And in this document, it said, okay, to reach Jewish people, you have to talk about these policies. To reach rural America, you have to talk about these policies. So all of these variations of demographics were outlined. It gives you strategy. But then when it got to black people, the strategy was to find endorsers, find this celebrity, find this preacher, find this civil rights legend, and have them endorse the candidate. Nothing about policy. And naturally, I exposed that campaign for the charlatans they were. I didn't give a damn that they wanted a Democratic ticket or not. The reality is both sides, they played this game and played it very well. If it's Hillary Clinton talking about hot sauce, or this guy talking about, well, you know, black people are going to vote for him because he has a shoe line. The insanity. Now, here's some serious news. Um, Donald Trump seems to be losing it. I want you to imagine Joe Biden saying these exact same words in the exact same way. Here it is. The people are pouring over. It's sort of known as Steak Mountain, State Kill, Snake. It's snakes. A lot of snakes. I think they're rattlesnakes. Between the rattlesnakes and the rough terrain and the steepness, they said nobody's coming. The people are coming over by the thousands. It's crazy, and we let them come over. We let them do it. Our country can't withstand. No country can withstand what's happening to us. The cities are being inundated. They're being overrun. They're taking the parks from children. There are no more baseball fields, no more soccer fields, no more anything. It's, it doesn't sound very serious. Soccer fields and baseball fields are very serious. Their way of life has changed, and they're being treated better than longtime American citizens, and they're being treated better than our soldiers, our veterans are being treated. They're staying in world-class hotels. The whole thing is crazy, what's happening in our country. Let's call these brave Americans what they really are, persecuted Christians. They're being persecuted. And let's call their imprisoned and imprisonment. They are being imprisoned by Joe Biden and his people, evil people. He's surrounded by very evil people. They are, I believe, just doing whatever they want to do. I don't believe they have any leadership at all. Joe Biden, because of his gross incompetence, is a threat to democracy, big threat to democracy. 
to reverse these monstrous abuses of power. The moment I win the election, I will appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who has been unjustly victimized by the Biden regime. Never again will the federal government be used to target religious believers. They are targeting religious believers. They're targeting religious believers? Yeah, American government has done that for a long time. Um, Muslim is a religious believer as well. Here's the irony of it. Donald Trump starts by talking about stakes and then he talks about snakes and just kind of, you know, goes through a few words that don't really make sense. And then he hits fire. He's going to release the criminals who attempted to overthrow democracy. You see, that's what the audience applauded for. They applauded for that part. Uh, he was speaking to uh, Christians, allegedly, at a conference uh, of religious broadcasters, um, the International Christian Media Convention at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville. All right, Ben, there's so much hypocrisy here. I don't know where to start. I'll just let you pick your favorite place. I mean, you're gonna have to come to me earlier in these stories because there's too much, <laughs> too much. for me to comment on. I mean, firstly, the shoe thing, I have been making my political decisions for decades based on the shoes of politicians. So I do feel Trump on that. I voted for Biden because of a comfortable loafer I saw him wearing. <laughs> and uh, same with Hillary Clinton. So, you know, I do get that. Um, it's wild. I'm very sad that I can now never buy a gold shoe because it's not the ugliest product Trump has made. I do like a gold, the idea of a gold shoe. Now you wear a gold shoe and you're a Trump supporter, so that's a problem. Um, one thing I do agree with Raymond Arroyo on with that uh, front is that if somebody is spending $400 for a Trump shoe, that's a Trump voter. They've probably got that voter in the bag. But whether or not he's going to gain support from the black community because he put out shoes is the most insane and offensive thing, but Raymond Arroyo was on. I was on social media over the weekend, and I got a real pulse. You didn't get <laughs> Jack Raymond, all right? I'm, what an insane thing! And then, of course, Trump's rambling speech. So you're right. If Biden said any of that, and Trump was on prompter, and he couldn't even read, he goes, "Immigrants coming on Stake Mountain. Okay, they may get." wet, they will get drenched, okay? And we're letting them do it, we're letting them do it, coming over the border, staying in hotels, being treated well. I mean, there's not a sensical thought flow in the entire right. speech. And then at the end, he says, he implies, like kind of teases them for a second that he's gonna release Jan 6 people and everybody cheers. And then he kind of reveals, no, no, he means religious persecution. I think he was referring to in uh, Tennessee when these Christian uh, anti-abortion protesters blocked access to an abortion clinic and they were locked up in 2021 when abortion was still legal in Tennessee and in this country, which has eroded very fast from all places taking choice away from human beings that should be able to determine their own lives. But I, I digress and suddenly they quieted down real well. But to the rumors, to the hints he keeps putting out there about, oh, I'm going to 
absolve, I'm going to pardon Jan 6 people. He's not going to do that. He's even just saying now he's already hedging and saying, I'm going to set up investigations to look into it. He could have blanket pardoned them at the end of his last term. He chose That's not right. to do that because he doesn't care about them. He throws people under the bus until they become politically convenient tools. Then he uses them, rubs them for a while, and then drops them out as soon as he gets his goals. It's the Trump way. It's the Trump way. Um, and you know, ask Mike Pence. <laughs> um, it's going to be a hell of a thing to see whoever he chooses as his VP running mate. All right. Yeah, now that now that Pence dropped out of the race, he should come out with his own sitcom Mr. Cooper style in honor yeah. of Trump and call it Hanging with Mr. Pence. <laughs> we'll see, dear brother. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just don't see how Pence gets over the fact the man tried to have him assassinated. I don't, there's, <laughs> there's no getting over that, right? There is not. All right. There is okay. not. Other than that, um, he's a great guy. Yeah, other than that, that's right. Two more cops exposed racist text messages. They they are still dealing with the public. Put it up full mass. Two more San Jose police officers have been exposed in racist text messages. A scandal we brought to you initially. Two more San Jose cops associated with the racist text scandal. Involving this guy, Mark McNamara, have been publicly identified. I'm going to give you the information. Local outlet KTVU was able to gather their names from unredacted documents. Probably somebody made an intentional error there and did not redact the name properly. Per their report, one of them, Brandon LaTemplar, not pictured. Remains at the department, but is currently on paid administrative leave. William Haggerty, pictured here, was employed at the agency for three years from 2017 to 2020. So um, McNamara resigned from the department following the discovery of racist text. He decided to send these racist messages to other cops. Why? Because they were down with it. That's why. The discovery occurred. Because of the excessive force lawsuit against him for when he shot Kuan Green, a black college athlete, outside a Mexican restaurant four times in 2022. He, according to his report, mistook Green for an armed suspect, when in reality, Green was a hero who disarmed the actual gunman. Following the incident, that cop used racial slurs, referring to Green, stating, quote, I hate black people. Now, I want you to think about this. Keep the picture up for a second. His racism and bigotry runs so deep that a man who likely saved lives, a man that he shot who was innocent, he hates this man. And refers to his hate by proxy of his color, the color of his skin. I hate black people. Other exposed text shows the former cop used offensive language, even decided to threaten the attorney of the shot, Mr. Green, a Dante Pointer. 
The victim filed his lawsuit against the ex-cop and the city of San Jose last year, rightfully so. McNamara officially lost his certification in November. However, KTVU reported that Lot Templer and Haggerty, who are accused of exchanging messages along with McNamara about the shooting, are not prohibited, not prohibited from working for other departments. According to the report, Haggerty was sworn in as an officer in Minnesota two years ago, but stepped down in November, days after the scandal made headlines. We're going to make headlines again. In one message obtained by KTVU, Haggerty allegedly texted McNamara about Green's defense team saying, quote, why don't black people have any sense in their head, end quote. It's unclear if all the messages made by Lot by Lot Templer and Haggerty have been released. I'll put up the picture for Mads. Here we go. Angel Alexander, a lawyer who also represents Green, stressed the importance of transparency regarding officers, especially those demonstrating racial bias. Quote, if people had contact with these officers, they need to know whether that contact was done with any type of underlying racial bias or animus. If you have hatred for the community that you're serving, it's a public safety issue, end quote. Drop mic, exit stage left. More racist and homophobic messages from McNamara came to light earlier this year. Text messages, these texts, quote, these texts are not just offensive. They speak to the vile nature of how the officer viewed Mr. Khan, Mr. Green, and uh, the night he nearly killed him. As just another black man who was denied for a life of poverty and who was destined, excuse me, for a life of poverty and crime. Uh, Pointer said, per KRON4. Uh, so uh, Mr. Green was a college student, had never been convicted of a crime, um, doing very well for his life, and also was a hero that night. Last week, officials announced they were investigating cases that this cop, McNamara, was involved in. And more than 50 of them could potentially be tossed out. Santa Clara DA Jeff Rosen told the local news, there were at least five low-level narcotic cases where, quote, we could not proceed because we'd have to rely upon the testimony of the cop. And we're unwilling to do that because we take very seriously the racism that he expressed. And I said this when we first, first covered it. I think the brass, meaning the leadership of their justice system, I think they know more than what we know. Because they basically put out this proclamation that said, hey, listen, if this cop um, led to your conviction. You need to come back and holler at us because you probably are worthy of an appeal. That is rare in law enforcement to have leadership come on and say, defense attorneys, public defenders, come to us if this cop was involved in the case. That tells me they know way more than what has been exposed. All right, Ben, thoughts here. It is so disconcerting to see that people still have to deal with such deep ingrained systemic racism in the organization that is supposed to protect people. And it goes so deep that 
incredibly, insanely beyond this man's hate. After he got in trouble for shooting a black man erroneously and inappropriately, he then texts, I hate black people. Even if you did, that's the time you would be texting, I love black people to try to cover up for what you did. So the fact that his hate runs so deep, he still couldn't help but express his hate when facing the wrath of his horrible racist actions speaks all the volumes you need. Yep, yep. And the irony is what really got him, Ben, is that he decided to text the attorney and told the attorney, I'll shoot you too. And the attorney <laughs> turned in the text messages and that created the, the, the whirlwind you see today. All right, uh, we will bring you- The only updates. good thing, Doc, the only lucky thing here is that so often people with evil criminal hearts are very stupid and they end right. up making their own bed. I mean, yeah, that part. This guy is either the luckiest man in the world or the luckiest man in the world. I'm about to show you a video of an Amazon van driver getting his van split in half. This happened in 2021, the video just got released, here it is. a full mass. It just split in half. I'm going to give you the background. Wisconsin, an Amtrak train struck an Amazon delivery van back in 2021. We recently got the footage. A video obtained by TMZ shows the immediate reaction of driver Alexander Evans after his vehicle was hit in November of that year. He looks mighty calm. The collision happened when he turned onto the tracks of a railroad crossing. The impact from the oncoming train cut the vehicle entirely in half. Evans appeared to be startled, but was luckily not injured. According to the reports, he went to the hospital as a safety precaution, but was only sore after the incident, the railroad crossing was on a uh, on River Valley Road, which is about 42 miles from Milwaukee. According to the report, there were no warning sounds. There were no signals near the crossing um, that would have given Mr. Evans a heads up before driving over the tracks. He had no caution, okay? Evans was also caught off guard and didn't hear 
the horn due to being deaf in his left ear. Despite this, he eased far enough over the tracks, at least uh, at the last second, avoiding deadly consequence. Evans called for a better alert or sign for drivers who take that route. Per WKOW, Amtrak confirmed there were no injuries on the train either. Quote, I just tried. I, I made a look as I was going down the hill to swerve, and I didn't see anything. He was on my left side, Evans explained to WISN. Quote, literally, it was like one long beep, horn from the train, and I put my foot on the gas, kind of like trying. I don't know how far I'm going to get away from him. Atlanta Black Star reached out to Amazon for comment, no comment as of yet. All right. Um, contributory negligence, uh, obviously not by way of the driver, by way of the fact there are no signs. There's no warning. There's no caution. There's no temporary bridge that comes down to stop people crossing. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, and this individual, uh, I mean, you talk about a split second away from being dead. There's no way if he doesn't push that gas in that moment and get that additional split second, there's no way he survives that. All right. So uh, I'm glad he's alive. He's alive and well. I do hope that he is fairly compensated for the danger, in my opinion, he was put in by this major company. All right, Ben, thoughts here? A lot to unpack. Firstly, why is he dressed like the Easter Bunny? No one's talking <laughs> about that. I would like to uncover why the man can, is wearing a- Because he's alive. We can laugh. <laughs> he's alive. He came out unscathed. unscathed. We can also, how do we know this man just didn't want those packages to be not delivered? Maybe disgruntled, did not want those packages to reach their destination. I hope when they were strewn about the trail, the train tracks, I hope there was some icy hot in one of those packages because- this man's going to need it. Don't worry, paramedics. I got this. There's some icy hot and a first aid kit that somebody needed on a two-day prime delivery. And you're right. How is the man so calm? Man was hit by a train. He's still reaching in his glove box with some chapstick after that. I don't know how. <laughs> this this man needs to be promoted to CEO of Amazon because yeah. he stays cool under pressure. My goodness. Amazon's new slogan now is two-day prime delivery except in event of trains splitting the cars, you know, then line up subject to change. Yeah, man. Thank God he made it out. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, he made wow. it out. He's doing well. I, I need to hear what's going to happen. Did they put the damn signs of the man only recommended to the local news? All right, here's what I want, guys. Can somebody put a damn sign right here? That's the only thing I'm asking for. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they did that. All right, we got more. On the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Ben got something big to announce. So take it away, my dear brother. Thank you, Doc. Um, I do a very special monthly show. Some of you I know have attended called Gleeb Off the Top, Crowd Work and Improvised Madness. And we're doing my first one in two months. I'm bringing it back at Nowhere Comedy, the virtual comedy club I created in the pandemic on March 2nd, Saturdays and two Saturdays from now. I just noticed I'm wearing the same outfit as I am in that flyer. So that's <laughs> embarrassing. And there, and I have the glasses as well. So let me just finish it like this. Uh, you can join me in Madtown. I create a virtual world where 
You get to escape this real world for a few hours, hang with me, become one of the mad ones, and we just have a silly improvised time. You ask me questions, you participate live in the interactive comedy, and we just have a stupid good time and let loose before we reset it all for the next week. So get a ticket at NowhereComedy.com and come join the madness March 2. I encourage everybody to do so. Um, do it with your family, the ones that can stand, you know, adult humor. <laughs> do yep. it with the family, right? Uh, it is great escapism. Uh, we're living in a world where things are just off balance, okay? You got to balance your soul. You got to balance yourself. This is a great opportunity to do so. All right, we got a lot of comments. I'll read as many as I can. Uh, Dex says, ugly, cheap ass shoes. That's right. Uh, keep peddling those white racist tropes and see how far it gets you, silly little man. Over 9,000, yeah, that guy really looks like a knowledgeable and experienced inner city community member. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks so fake, I thought he was a character. I said, I've been on social guy. media and I'm aware of the culture. The culture <laughs> that thinks Jews are everything. That's exactly how he talks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Um, Yep, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon did the locomotive have a first. I'm sorry, we keep laughing. I'm glad the man's alive. All right, so we can laugh. He's okay. Did the oh no, I don't. I lost. All right, okay. Did the locomotive have a vertical blade attached to it? That's a pretty clean cut. I mean, it's damn clean. Like, yeah, this guy should become a magician, maybe. I think I think the Amazon van was just a cheap ass van. Thankfully, <laughs> they can just split in half. All right, that's that new age engineering. <laughs> Lady F and T, thank you for that. Casual doctor, it's a good look. You have, you have to see the two Carrie sharing show yesterday. Hilarious. Have a great weekend. Hey Ben, well, hello. Ben sips, he was sipping his uh, tea, not spilling it this time. He was sipping. <laughs> that, and ladies and gentlemen, that's not tea. <laughs> right. All right, so we got membership. It's not tea, but it's naughty. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, James Thompson. Thank you so much, James. Bud Rowland, Stephanie, Jay, Rachel Banning, Ronica Hernandez, Carol, Ken, Han Rahan, Laurie, TX, Yana Ko, Emmanuel Lynch. Thank you all for joining. Courtesy of James. Money bag, Thompson. Appreciate you, dear brother. Thank you for all the new members. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel French. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I got that. You're going to be online. You're going to be online. I got you. What am I again? What am I again? I got you. Somebody find this man, please. Don't worry. Yep. Um, he was calling her the N word because she committed the, I guess, extreme crime of getting to a parking spot before he did. Put up the picture full mass. The irony of it all, ladies and gentlemen. This was posted online. Users have already speculated that he's actually a doctor in New Hampshire. Indisputable has not been able to independently verify that information. 
The poster of the video said this about the incident. Never in my life, I am literally crying. All this over a parking stop. Um, he tried putting his hands on me, plus called me racist names. Uh, this is just insanity. Put his picture back up. Because I'm with the poster. Somebody obviously knows who this person is. Now, if you're in a position of public trust, and naturally being a doctor would be a position of public trust. A lot of people publicly trust you. Being this racist over seemingly nothing in the grand scheme of things, one is quite embarrassing for you, but it also speaks to a psychology that's deep and rooted inside of you. I cannot imagine, sir, if you are a doctor, that you are fair, that you are equitable in your practice. I think if you are a doctor, you're one of those doctors that we cite statistical data on, where your biases are revealed in your level of treatment for individuals who do not look like you. Um, so as the woman says, somebody find this person. I think that probably has already happened. And naturally, we provide an opportunity for reflection and correction. Indisputable is a great mirror for many. Ben, the, the racism, if it's just a regular argument, like, hey, F you, you took my parking spot, move on, right? You don't make it indisputable for that. But this you do. Yeah, I just am also astounded if this person is a doctor at their ability to understand how things work. Because at the end, this male Karen says, I hope they, they find out who you are and expose you for this to the person shooting the video. I don't know if this person is aware of how video works, but it's the person on camera who you can identify, not the person behind the camera. So I think this person's judgment is skewed in lots of ways. And you can't be surprised that when people don't have a good argument to stand on and they have racism in their heart, they go racial. They wouldn't have gone racial if they had the argument, but yeah. they go racist as soon as they realize I was trying to steal that spot. Let me just use my only defense. Drop some epithets. <laughs> right. Like, why is that the first the good thing? The doctor is in. Right. That, yeah. That's the first thing coming to your mind. Use the N word. A model um, whom we've been covering this murder mystery basically since day one. Um, they have finally apprehended someone. Put up the picture for a mask here. And I want to tell you why this story is important. Initially, the authorities were suggesting that somehow, regardless of the evidence that we saw right in front of us, that somehow this may not have been foul play. We call BS on day one. Local Minnesota police announced on Wednesday that 41-year-old Magnus Daniel Humphrey, Humphrey, excuse me, Humphrey, was taken into custody and is now facing murder charges for the killing of 31-year-old LA-based model, Melissa Mooney. Per the New York Post, Humphrey was picked up by police at his Hopkins, Minnesota home on an unrelated warrant and was identified as the suspect responsible for Mooney's brutal slaying. Humphrey had prior convictions related to false imprisonment, gun and sexual assault charges. He was also released from prison earlier in the month. September 12, 2023, LAPD 
conducted a wellness check at Miss Mooney's apartment at the 200 block of South Figueroa Street. Her family was concerned because she was not responding to their text messages. She was last seen a few days before. An autopsy report later revealed that Mooney's body was severely beaten, tied up, and stuffed into a refrigerator with a gag in her mouth. Mooney's death was labeled as homicidal violence. Quote, the blunt force traumatic injuries observed at autopsy are generally not considered acutely life-threatening on their own. This is what the original document said. We read it right here on Indisputable. However, based on the circumstances of how Ms. Mooney was found, these injuries suggest she was likely involved in a violent physical altercation prior to her death. Now, I want you to understand how the government, the local jurisdiction split hairs on this and tried to dissuade individuals from the reality of what we all could see and what the family was saying. That if it had not been for the fact that she was stuffed in a refrigerator with a gag, all right, something over a mouth, they would have ruled that her injuries could not have killed her. Okay, that's what they were saying. That something else happened. It was unfortunate, but given the context, these injuries are not severe enough to kill a person. But because she was found in refrigerator circumstances, that are available, we are going to say mm, probably a violent homicide, probably. There's more. Uh, they did note cocaine and alcohol found in the system. Her sister, Jordan Pauline, believed the suspect wanted to sell Moody's iPhone and laptop. She also claimed her sibling was pregnant at the time and had always wanted to be a mom. Quote, I can't imagine what my sister went through. And it pains me to even think about it. It's honestly so stressful. Pauline said, authorities called on the public to identify the suspects in this case. Per the department, Humphrey was arrested at his home for an unrelated federal warrant as he was on probation for narcotics offenses. He is expected to be expedited to LA and reportedly has a court hearing on Thursday. The link between Humphrey and Mooney was not immediately made available to the public. Uh, we should see some elements of that being exposed very soon. Uh, but once again, we have a case where the community clearly saw that this is an actual murder, and the family definitely saw. Uh, they didn't like the initial wording um, of this. You know, did seem as if it was life-threatening, except for the circumstance of her being in the refrigerator. All of this was insane, uh, but it looks like they have apprehended someone. Obviously, we hope it's the right person. If, if it's not, then there's another miscarriage of justice happening. Uh, we're going to stay on top of the story. Ben, thoughts here? I mean, it's a tragedy all around. And yeah. I think the only thing I could add is that it's just another reminder of how difficult it is to be a woman in this world. How yeah. many factors yeah. you have to take into account that men don't ever think about, they don't cross our minds. Um, very hard to be a beautiful woman in this world. And I think there needs to be some sort of education, um, acclimation, education, training of men growing up to understand 
how to be around women, how to treat women and how to not um, let anger develop towards perhaps some of these people's, you know, lack of ability to ever um, be in the company of women. It creates such violence. We see it in school shooters. You see these, you know, incels, these involuntarily celibate people that wish they could have a little bit of what other people have. And so they instead take it out with rage and violence and it's disgusting. And, um, and I just wish people, you know, were able to seek help, were able to feel as though society was, that there were outlets for them to be able to work through their severe mental health issues because so far too often it tragically leads to things like this. And, and, uh, there's just no words at that point. You know, you say something that's that's very close or akin to mentoring. And I say often that mentoring does not have to take place just because we have a personal relationship. I'll give an example. Um, if I'm out with a young lady, I'm always going to open the door, no matter what. I'm always going to be the person who pumps the gas. Uh, these are gestures that other people see. And sometimes a small gesture can make a difference in this world. And if we live by example, example is the greatest guide for someone else to follow. Not a lecture. And yes. And I think also, Doc, speaking publicly about that stuff. You know, I think yeah. we've got this very <laughs> twisted um, sense these days where on social media we talk about everything unimportant, everything mm. not noble. We from the shallow to the superficial to just a picture of our lunch. Let's start creating hashtags about like be chivalrous and show a video of yourself or share a text about what you do like that. You know, I always like to whenever I'm walking with a lady by a street, I stand on the street side yeah. just to make sure that God forbid if something went wrong, I'm the one taking the brunt of that. Talk about it. Let's create a culture of better behavior. And hopefully that'll start shifting some people who want to follow their influencers' behavior instead of following their shoes they're buying or their lunch they're eating. They yeah. start wanting to yeah. be like them by doing virtuous things. Yeah, well said there, brother. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. A pastor says, if you dress a particular way, and you get sexually violated, he's going to let the person go, set them free because of the way you dress. Here it is. I told my wife, I said, Mama, when you go, when we go to Fish and Forge, uh, to the outlet malls, when you go uptown here, I said, you watch it. I said, Callum, you'll find more women going to have shorts on then you're with pants and dresses put together. I, I used to say this. I haven't said this in a long time. You ready? I said, if, if you dress like that and you get raped and I'm on the jury, he's going to go free. Now, you don't like, do you? I'm right, though. I, I can't help you like it. I'm right. Because, you know, a man's a man. A, a man's a man. Sir. How many people have you? Because what a person wears doesn't just make a person a sexual violator, except in your mind. 
So I got questions. Your church should have them too. Put up the picture full of man. Let me deal with this preacher. Per Newsweek, and I actually saw this on Larry Reed Live on his Instagram page. This man is named Reverend Bobby Leonard of the Bible Baptist Tabernacle Church in Union, North Carolina, criticized women who go into public places wearing shorts rather than pants. Yeah. Um, In a sermon that has spread across social media, drawing substantial backlash. Uh, Let me, I'm going to read the quote again so you understand context here. Uh, If you dress like that and get sexually violated, and I'm on the jury, he says, he's going to go free, talking about the criminal. A man's a man, the good reverend said. Um, The sermon is from last summer, local news station WSOC-TV and Charlotte reported, but resurfaced online in recent days. The clip has stirred a strong reaction on social media and among members um, of the local community. Put up the preacher again. You know, the Old Testament of your scripture just serves pretty harsh um, to individuals who commit such a sexual violation. Uh, It requires death. Um, Ironically, you require letting the person go if the woman was wearing shorts. According to local news, WBTV in Charlotte, Jason King, a uh, a resident of Monroe, uh, said during a protest outside the church, quote, we don't let people stand around in Union County in the pulpits and say something like this. That is wrong. You can't stand there and teach the word of God and claim that you believe it's okay for people to go around raping people for what they wear, end quote. Following the controversy, the church displayed a message on his sign that read, I am sorry for any hurt, I was wrong, Pastor Leonard. Uh, yep, so it, it passed, So the church put it on their display, uh, which means Pastor Leonard didn't say that. Okay, that's what somebody in the, on the deacon board put up on the church display, trying not to lose that. Offering, I mean those members. So what do you start with something this insane? You don't, you reject it. I want to say this to everybody who follows this clown. He may have been teaching this kind of garbage for a long time. It is oppressive. It is oppressive. It is wrong. He is a charlatan in my opinion and you should run. The kind of psychological damage people like him in trusted positions of leadership standing behind his religiosity in order to say the most dangerous things. You know, here's why I rock with Yahshua so much. When Jesus came here, he launched a whole combative campaign against men like him against the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the land, against government corruption, against people who manipulated others for the sake of their own bias and power. He went after those guys. I'll go after those guys. Understand what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with either A, a con man, 
or even worse, a man who has accepted his own con. All right, Ben, thoughts here. I will never understand why people don't get removed instantly from positions of power when they say things like this. It shows you the deep levels of indoctrination, hypnosis, and um, just complete lack of critical thinking, critical judgment that happens when people get in the grip of these corrupt, unintelligent, ne'er-do-wells, these evil people that are using their perch of power to exacerbate their own power rather than to help the community in the position they are charged with. I mean, obviously, he didn't say I was wrong on that statement that the church put out because he said I was right. He not only said the thing, it wasn't a quick statement. He then said, I'm right. You don't like it, but I'm right. I'm right. He defended it live in the moment two times. And I think further than having stepped down, law enforcement needs to come and investigate this man. That's an incitement to violence. That is an incitement, a public incitement from position of power to physical and sexual violence. It's no different than Trump saying, go and fight like hell. And we don't know if we're going to do a peaceful transfer of power and we'll see how it turns out. And then people go and commit those crimes. And he says, I didn't say it, but you did say it. That's right. You did say it. That's right. It's really the most disgusting. It's disgusting. It is criminal and uh, it should be treated as such. No more of this blanket excuse, blanket uh, immunity for people in religious positions. That yep. should be a higher bar, not a lower bar. And, and to the people um, of Bible Baptist, um, I'm willing to come preach. Bring me. Have your pastor sitting right there. I give him a proper education as well as anyone who believes as he believes. We'll love to, we'll love to be there. I'm sure you'll love to have me. A cop. Ironically, has been charged because a couple is missing. They've disappeared. Put up the picture full mass. This story has some twists and turns here. I take you to Australia. 28-year-old Bo Lamar Condon, former celebrity blogger. I kid you not, this is a real story. Celebrity, Celebrity blogger turned police officer has now been charged with two counts of murder following the disappearance of a Sydney, Australia gay couple. He allegedly used his service weapon while on duty to kill his ex-boyfriend and his ex's current boyfriend before then disposing of their bodies. I'm going to give you the evidence current. Um, Lamar Condon turned himself in at a Bondi police station shortly after 10.30 a.m. Friday morning, accompanied by a relative, 26-year-old Jesse Baird on the right, a presenter and red carpet reporter for Australian media company Network 10, has been missing along with his partner, 29-year-old Luke Davis on the left, a flight attendant. They've been missing since Monday. Police had grave concerns. For the pair after their clothes found with blood on them were discovered behind a bin in a suburb roughly 18 miles away from the home. This was on Wednesday. 
according to officers, a significant amount of blood consistent with a fatal or fatality and signs of a struggle were then discovered inside of the home at about 1 p.m. Thursday. Police located a white Toyota van allegedly used by Lamar Condon who uh, to move the men's bodies and new CCTV footage obtained by Nine News showed the officer walking around barefoot in the area where the van was found. <laughs> Investigators were trying to speak to the officer, believing he may be able to assist with inquiries, but had been unable to find him. All right. So let me let me help you understand what's happening here. They're looking at this video, they're investigating a murder. They're investigating a disappearance with strong signs that a murder has happened, right? They got uh, bloody clothes, they found a watch that was very expensive, it was in a bin, nobody stole it. They said, all right, it's a murder, we gotta find out what's happening. They see one of their own on a video and they said, okay, you know what? Look at that, he was there, he's one of the good guys. Let's call him to see if he saw anything that night. You gotta think about this. They think he's going to help with the investigation. All right, um, police now allege that the officer, Lamar Condon, used his work gun to actually kill the two men at Mr. Blair's Paddington home in Sydney. Sydney's in the East home. Between 12.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. on Monday after they, on the Monday after they returned from a night out on Sunday. It is then alleged he transported and disposed of their bodies in the rented white van. Their bodies have not been found. Lamar Condon was restored onto work this week at the time, but called in sick on Tuesday after the alleged murders. That's according to Detective Superintendent Danny Doherty. The gun allegedly used to shoot the couple was checked back into a suburban police station on Tuesday. Lamar Condon then failed to report for work on Wednesday. The same day police colleagues were first alerted about the disappearance of both individuals. Officer Lamar Condon previously dated Mr. Baird. And police have been told by relatives that their breakup was bitter. Mr. Baird had reportedly expressed concerns for his safety. Although this had never been reported to police, Mr. Doherty said there were no uh, there were no warning or flags to us in retaliation to his behavior or any relationship breakdown. Lamar Condon hit headlines in 2020 after a video of him uh, tasering a man during a dramatic arrest that went viral. He was later cleared of any internal investigation uh, of wrongdoing prior to his job. As a police officer, he was a celebrity blogger who came out to Lady Gaga in 2014 when he threw a note onto the stage during one of her concerts, okay? So Officer Lamar Condon was back in the spotlight the same year when Molly Cyrus posed for a selfie with him. After that, he shared pictures of himself jetting around the world, either in first class or on private jets. Louis Vuitton luggage and tote. He attended 2016 Golden Globes, where he was photographed along 
side, A-listers, uh, A-listers, excuse me, um, Selena Gomez, Kim Kardashian, and many others. So um, he's been a narcissist, all right? Um, narcissistic behavior 101. And he becomes a cop, how fitting. Becomes a police officer, looks as if he's now committed double homicide. Uh, ben, this story has so many twists and turns. I mean, the, the irony of him being a celebrity guy, becoming a cop, and then shortly after becoming a cop, is involved in a double freaking homicide. Unbelievable. Yeah, very, very strange story. I mean, there's a long list of criteria we've been making on this show of qualities that should rule you out for being a police officer. We have to add one now. I didn't expect to list celebrity blogger. You don't hire a former celebrity yeah. blogger to be a police officer. Those are quite different um, games in life, let alone someone jet set and trying to hobnob with celebrities. Um, very strange. Also, yet again, showing the idiocy of people with criminal brains. If he did commit these crimes, you do show up to work the next day and the day after that. You don't call in sick. You don't use the guns issued to you, which they can in two seconds find exactly where those bullets came from when they recover these bodies. Um, it's again, the only saving grace, the fact that a lot of these criminals are very stupid. They at least make the investigation of the crime post haste a little bit more easy to put together, but um, it sadly does not stop these actions before they occur. And that's yep. where it would be better if they came into play. Yep, you know, and there's a bigger conversation. Why is it that the profession continues to attract individuals like him? I'm talking about worldwide. All right, welcome back, a lot of show left, uh, Librio. Member for six months, thank you, Doc. Today is my three-year wedding anniversary. Glad to be spending it with you and my indisputable family before me and the wife hit the time. God bless you, brother. God bless you, very special. Um, I hope your wife knows she has a very special brother, all right? And thank you so much for spending a little bit of that uh, anniversary time with us. And once again, congrats on making it to three years, all right? Very proud of you. And Twitch, yeah. Uh, Skull Dragon uh, 13, if they are wearing shorts, really? That's not being a man, that's being a pervert. Yeah, that man says shorts. Okay, let me give you an update on the story we've been following from the beginning. A judge in Texas has now ruled that the school system was proper in basically expelling a student because of the way he wears his hair. Let's put up the picture full of masks. I'm going to tell you where the court is wrong, how this ruling was actually expected, okay? So in an update, Texas state district judge, this is where they always wanted it. Texas wanted this before a state judge. Texas state district judge, Chap Kane, the third, ruled Thursday, that Barbers Hill High School is legally allowed to discipline Daryl George for his hairstyle. George has been um, serving an in-school suspension discipline from the independent school district, Barbers Hill, since August 31st, because he refuses to change his hairstyle. 
The school district filed a lawsuit saying that George's long hair violates the school's dress code because if worn down, his hair would be below his shirt collar. George wears his hair tied and twisted so the locks stay on top of his head. It does not violate the code at all. The judge ruled in favor of the school district saying that its hair length policy doesn't violate the state's Crown Act, which prohibits race, race-based hair discrimination and prohibits employers and schools from disciplining people because of their hair texture, <coughs> excuse me, or protective hairstyles like braids, locks, or twists. The law, which went into effect September 2023, doesn't mention anything about hair length. However, uh, Greg Poole, the school district superintendent, said in a statement to the Huff Post that, quote, the Crown Act does not give students unlimited self-expression. Poole were going to say the U.S. Supreme Court recently ruled that affirmative action is a violation of the 14th Amendment. And we believe the same reasoning will eventually be applied to the Crown Act. Two very different things, by the way. I don't have time to get into it. Poole said high expectations have helped make Barbers Hill Independent School District a state leader in all things. High standards at school benefit all ethnicities. Falsely claiming racism is worse than racism. Actually, it's not. If if you had to compare it, it's not. And undermines efforts to address actions that violate constitutionally protected rights. Uh, George's lawyer did not immediately return a request for comment, but George told CNN before the trial that he thinks the rule is just there to attack people with locks and braids. They don't pick on anybody else but me, he said. Now, remember, they wanted this to go before state court. Why? Because they wanted a state judge to make a state-based rule, and that's what they got. This is ultimately going to have to be decided by a federal jurisdiction, the Crown Act. in its origin is connected to a discriminatory practice, which allows you to take the case away from a local jurisdiction. You can now make a filing inside a federal court because of the discriminatory claim that is being made. But I want you to think about this in full context. What kind of person who allegedly dedicates their lives to educating young people would deny a young person the opportunity to learn because they are following the dress code. I want you to remember, there is no accusation of him not following the dress code. The dress code that has been offered has to do with hair length. Think about the silliness of this. So they are assuming that his hair length, even though it is on top, not below, his shoulders, etc. That if he decides to take his hair out, to let it come down, it will then be a violation. What if somebody has, I don't know, an afro that goes way up here? You know, technically, if they put a pressing perm on it, that's a violation of the dress code. How far does it go? It's a violation of the spirit of the Crown Act is what it is. All right, I'm sure there's going to be more about this case very soon, being the insanity of these judges. 
Yeah, like you said, there's not even an allegation of violating the act. It's like a precog. We're talking minority yeah. report here, and right. sadly, pun intended, because they're reporting on minorities before they even do anything that they're alleged to maybe in the future do. His hair is not beyond the length requirement. There shouldn't even be a length requirement. What an insane thing in the first place. Let people be and express themselves fully. But if you're going to pass a law, pass a rule, at least don't enforce it before it happens. His hair is up. It's not past anything. It's clearly discrimination. It's not a surprise that the student in question is not white. Right. It's exactly. a shocker to nobody. It's a shocker that to nobody, part. sadly. Yeah. What if I told you a man gets his car stolen? He reports it. He gets it back. He's driving it. He's been driving it for a while. Police pull him over. They tell him he is driving a stolen car. He says, oh, no, 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 no. We we already settled that. You see, you all found the car, brought it back to me. They said, no, our paperwork says otherwise. So we're going to steal your car and put you under arrest. They find out later that they stole his car. They let him go and keep the car. Put up the picture full mass. I'll be damned. Henry Lee Sanders III, an Ohio man, is suing officers in Kentucky claiming that he was falsely arrested after police believed he stole his own car. Sanders filed the lawsuit against members of the Florence Police Department. It alleges that the officers used excessive force and brutally um, beat him or used excessive force against him during the traffic stop. According to a complaint and his attorneys, Sanders was ordered to pull over near Burlington Pike and Oots Avenue in Boone County, November 11, 2022. Officer James Wilbers is said to have believed that Sanders' car was in fact stolen. More than three years earlier, Sanders did in fact report that his 1996 Blue Four Crown Victoria, Crown Vic, was stolen from outside of his Cincinnati home April 18th, 2019. Police found the car in a nearby suburb in Newport, Kentucky, the same day. A Cincinnati Police Department incident report shows that when Sanders recovered the car, it was missing one thing, its front license plate. Now, this was noted for the record, all right? So during the 2022 stop, years later, in Florence, Kentucky, Wilbur is accused of pulling out his gun, yelling loudly, and handcuffing Sanders on the side of the road per the fouling viewed by Atlanta Black Star. Three other officers identified as Kelly Chapman, DJ Hutcherson, and Patrick Taylor arrived at the scene where Sanders was being detained. The lawsuit noted the officers went through the database, which showed that the vehicle was indeed recovered. However, the Florence police report shows he was still arrested on charges of second degree disorderly conduct and the charge of driving with a stolen license plate. Florence dispatchers had reported the plate is stolen to the officers detaining Sanders. According to a police report, Sanders was transported to the local jail and his 1996 Ford Crown Vic was towed. 
Although Boone County, Kentucky prosecutors later dismissed all charges against Sanders. His lawyers argued that their client was wrongfully prosecuted and the civil rights were in fact violated. The lawsuit is seeking punitive and compensatory relief. Sanders, unable to afford impound fees to recover his car, never got it back. He never got his car back, could not afford the tow charge. All right, that's according to his attorneys. Uh, put up a picture of the chief. Tom Graw runs the Florence Police Department. Uh, Mr. Graw, I assume that the reason why these feckless cops are acting this way is because you allow them to. Now, you can prove me wrong. I happily update the reporting of this story. But it seems very simple to me. They did not like how the interaction went. He probably called your cops stupid or dumb. And those cops were upset, so upset that even though they realized they had made a mistake, it is not his fault. They decided to still arrest him anyway. And they ended up stealing his car. Wow. Ben, I don't have the creative mind to make something like this up. His car ended up being stolen by the cops. What say you? I mean, when I was first reading this story, I was wondering what amazing car this was. Everybody wants to steal this car. This is like, dude, where's my car? But on steroids, everybody wanted a piece. And it's an old Crown Vic. I didn't see that twist coming. Maybe Ben, don't do that, Ben. Crown Vic's (laughs) or something special on Glenwood Road, man. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. And and they're cop cars too. They're cop cars. They used to be cop cars. (laughs) They used to be cop cars. So maybe they were low on inventory or something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but this guy, this guy really just did not. He got the short shrifts of the law in this situation. Yes. I mean, just making this guy's life hell because the man wanted to drive his own car. Also, someone needs to update their police vehicle database software. It's coming up with 96 stolen vehicle reports Right back in the day. So that is pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Uh, I hope this man gets his car back. He needs to be driving around in the 70s doing some law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I laugh, but I'm glad he has an attorney. He has good representation. Um, At this point, the damages are kind of stacking up, right? So if he doesn't have a Mm -hmm. car, it has adversely impacted his ability to earn uh, this may play a little bit into the strategy of the attorney because you can now claim losses because of the actions of these police officers. Okay, well, you know, consequences, repercussions. Here it is. Yeah, put up the picture full bass. I'm going to hyper focus in on the guy. According to the narrative, well, Kevin Durant was called the B word. This was during warm up, okay? And he heard the B word, so he decided to 
um, pause, as you can see. And then he did the pivot. You see the second picture? That is the pivot. And then the confrontation. Did you just call me the B word? Well, explain yourself. Then you hear the individual, you got to listen really closely, but you hear the person talking about he has a podcast. Um, yeah, that's, that's not how you invite black people on your podcast, sir. I, I don't understand. You thought that's the way. Anyway, Ben, hell of a thing, but I got to tell you, man, folks, folks are getting real loose as if people who play sports are somehow just there to entertain them. And if you uh, say the B word, if you uh, yell a racial slur, they're not going to react to you. I don't know what kind of world they were raised in or born in, uh, but people are still people at the end of the day. Uh, most of them do have restraint. And on most days, even Durant would have a restraint. But damn it, he was just starting to warm up. Yeah, that's not the way to treat people. Also, for the record, it's not the way you invite anybody on your podcast. I have not <laughs> no been way. called the B word and immediately signed up to go appear on that person's show. But the audacity to do that and then be like, I got a podcast, man, if you want to come on, shows the delusion. And it shows how sadly right it was the old quote of everybody in the future is going to have 15 minutes of fame. I fear that it's worse in the future. Everybody's going to be famous always. Yeah. The world was not meant for this. The world was not meant for every single person to have their own show. It's too much. It's a real problem. And uh, there's nothing else to say about that. People just yeah. need to learn to sometimes sit down and observe. Not everything is supposed to be a active, choose your own adventure, interactive <laughs> situation. Sometimes just let the athlete play the game. Yeah. Or just, you know. Say, say it in your quiet voice, in your inside voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dear brother, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you. Check out your great work. Thank you so much, Doc. I love being with you and with all of you watching. Uh, you can join me live virtually in nowhere at Madtown on March 2nd, Saturday. Get a ticket at nowherecomedy.com, my fun, loose, interactive comedy show. You can call me the B word there if you'd like. We're very loose. <laughs> it's a very loose fun there. vibe. Plus, I'm already <laughs> I'm already there. Or you can just follow me at Ben Glebe on Instagram. Links in my bio to my stand-up comedy specials and all my things. I appreciate the support. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate all you do, dear brother. Always good to have you on the show. All right. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. <laughs>